Hallelujah. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ our King. We are so excited for this opportunity to share the Word of God with you through your favorite program, The Moment of Truth. We are at a critical moment in God's plan for humanity, and God is said to do awesome things in and through individuals, families, communities, organizations, nations, continents, and across generations. As we proclaim the Word of God in the following series, you are going to receive illumination and direction, especially those in the Valley of Decision, and hopefully you'll be accurately positioned for the current move of God. So, sit back and relax. Go ahead, call your family and friends, and get ready for a life-changing encounter with the Word of God. As you do, your life will never be the same again. Why does the Bible talk all the time of 12 sons? Didn't Jacob have a daughter? It's not because they are not important. It's because God is building a type and shadow for the future. If Jesus had chosen one woman as one of the apostles, he would desecrate that order. Now that there will be no women apostles, there will be people like Phoebe who will become apostles later. But it's not yet time. God knows why he does what he does. Why did Moses choose 70? Because Jesus is going to have another 70. 70 is the number of nation, 12 is the number of government. Miriam just stepped in and became the prophetess. Well, there was a, a, wife, a pastor's wife also who did that in the New Testament. Revelation chapter 2, open it for me please. Revelation 2, I want to show you the heading. All these men are opening their Bible from concordance. Thank you my dear. Revelation chapter 2 verse number 18. Kindly read the head. Revelation 2 18, what is the head there? The corrupt church. Nothing corrupts the church more than self-appointed prophets and prophetesses. Not ordained by God, but they self-appoint themselves. Let's read. And to the angel of the church in Tyre write, This thing said the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and his feet like fine brass. I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. <laughs> Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow who? That woman Jezebel. I thought Jezebel died with Ahab. No, it's a spirit dimension. He had escaped from the Old Testament into the New. And what, uh, attri- uh, what were uh, activities? That woman Jezebel who calls herself, which means God did not call her into that office. She's a self-side prophetess. Jezebel, are you hearing me? To teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. That was what Jezebel was noted for. How did she do this in the New Testament church of Thyatira? You will soon find out. Let's go on. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality. And she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sick bed. Oh, I wish I can come here. I will teach maybe at the missionary 
first vigil. I can teach you this. You know, when you read your Bible, if you don't read with understanding, you just be glossing over. In Hebrews chapter 13, he said, marriage is honorable in all things, and the bed undefiled, all mongers and adulterers, God will judge. The moment you read that, all you are thinking of is fornication and adultery. But that's not the intent of that passage. I'm not licensing adultery, no. I'm telling you that's not the intent. I will take you back. Remind me, remind me during the missionary force vigil because deep things are for deep people. In Song of Solomon, he said, Our bed is green. Say, Our bed is green. You can check it out. You'll find it there. He said, our bed is green. Uh-uh. He didn't say our bed sheet. He said, our bed is green. Whenever you have anxiety, financial pressure in your family, your bed is defiled. Because when your bed is green, the Lord is your source. The Lord is your provider. The Lord is the one taking care of everything in your house and is central to everything you do. You say, what do you mean? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me beside seawater and what again? Green pasture. When you say bed is green, it means there is peace, there is rest. In their home, there is no anxiety. The Lord is central to everything they are doing. Now see, there is another bed. That's what you are about to read in Revelation now. Indeed, I will cast her into a sick bed. Where anxiety will be over everything. Your panic, blood pressure, all kinds of things will be in that home. I will cast her into a sick bed. And those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation. Those who buy into a Hyper lifestyle, unless they repent of their deeds. And guess what will happen? I will kill our children with death. What are our children here? What are our children here? Every activity generated by such ministries that was not birthed in God. Every activity or program that they, they, they create in order to, to make them have timbres and to dance. Every program, every project that you jump into without God asking you to because you have seen something wonderful elsewhere. You do not know it deprives you of what is reserved for you. I will kill our children with death. God and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts. I will give to each one of you according to your works. Are you a self-styled apostle, self-styled prophetess? Miriam the prophetess. Let me go on. Please do not dismiss this incident as one of those things. I mean, what, what, what does it matter for just a woman to say, let us sing and let us dance? No. She was looking for occasion to showcase herself. She was in unhealthy competition with her own brother. There was a powerful church in France. The pastor was an Indian man. His wife was a French woman. Powerful church. It was growing. The man will hardly say two sentences. You understand me? But the power of God will flow. And the woman thought because she was the one interpreting in French for him, she was the one that had the anointing. 
They not only split the church, started a different church, ended their marriage, and the man left and started another work elsewhere, and he began to grow, and what she thought she had dried up. I won't mention names. I happened to meet both of them. So I'm not talking from my head. I'm talking of things I know. All of a sudden, a healthy competition will begin. Uh, uh, let us welcome our father in the Lord. And God help you that you do not mention our mother in the Lord. That person who made that announcement is dead. Is <laughs> called Miriam the prophetess. So God wanting to show them the picture of what just happened in the congregation now led them. And they came to a place where there was no water. And the people cried to the Lord and he showed them Mara, bitter water. You say why Mara? Because that's the root word, root word for Miriam and Mary. This is the pollution you curse in the sanctuary. This is the bitterness you spread. When you assume the role not given to you. Hello. Okay. It's too tough. I should stop. All right. Exodus 15, 22 to 24. Exodus 15, 22 to 24. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. You know, the song ended in verse 21. Or you want us to go back? Give me verse 21, I beg. So that they don't think I'm just imagining it. And Miriam answered them, sing to the Lord. Verse 22. Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Couldn't God make water in the wilderness? Huh? Couldn't he? Did he not create an oasis for the Ethiopian eunuch to be baptized? Why did he allow his people to go without water for three days? Miriam had polluted the, the, the congregation. And brought them face to face. Now when they came to Mara, they could not drink the waters of Mara, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Mara. If you are a person of the spirit, Miriam, this is what you have brought to the congregation. You're so quiet. It's frightening me. Uh, you know, I'm not chicken hearted. Uh, I'll tell you all. Let's go back to our main text. Numbers chapter 12. Verse number 3. Numbers 12 verse 3 in bracket. Ready? Read. Now demand Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. What does this mean? Even if Moses had heard about what they said, he would still not talk. He would still not judge. He would leave it in the hands of God. That was the man they attacked. But they did not realize that humility is not stupidity and meekness is not weakness. It's called gentle strength. Hear me loud and clear. 
If you attack a leader chosen by God unjustifiably, and he does not judge you, God will judge you. It will be in your best interest to go before God and cry to him for mercy. In 30 years, I can tell you ABC, who inflicted me with great injury. And I never said a word. I went inside to cry. I know where they are now. Do you understand me? So I'm, I'm now saying, Lord, please have mercy. You know, many of you, God will not fight your battles because you fight them yourselves. Who was in charge? Was it Moses? Was it Miriam? Was it Aaron? When you read Numbers 12 verse 1, it began with Miriam and then Aaron. But when God stepped in, he changed the order. He changed the order by calling Moses first, Aaron second, and Miriam third. Numbers 12, 4. Numbers chapter 12, verse number 4. Suddenly the Lord said to, I can hear, the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, come out you three. Even in a collegiate leadership or in the plurality of elders, there is primus inter pares. There is first among the equals. You, can, you have to be very careful not to push in order to get a position or to hijack authority that does not belong to you. Mm. This is why the Bible talks about walking side by side and not breaking their ranks. Joel chapter 2 verses 1 and 2. Joel chapter 2, the great people of God. It takes a great team to build a great dream. Joel 2 verses 1 and 2, blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord is coming. For it is at hand. A day of darkness and gloominess. A day of clouds and thick darkness. Like the morning clouds spread over the mountains. A people come. Great and strong, the like of whom has never been, nor will there ever be any such after them, even for many successive generations. Give me verses 7 and 8. What what was their modus operandi? These people that are so dynamic, so strong, so powerful, a people come. What would they do? Verses 7 and 8. They run like mighty men. They climb the wall like men of war. Everyone matches information and they do not break ranks. Verse 8. They do not push one another. Everyone matches in his own column. Though they launch between the weapons, they are not cut down. Why? Because they will not break their ranks. One of the qualities that distinguished the helpers of the world, the army of David, from that of Saul, and from every other army you see in the Bible, is the ability of this man to keep ranks. First Chronicles chapter 12, verses 22 and 23. First Chronicles 12, 22 and 23. 
For at that time they came to David, how often? Day by day to help him until it was a great army like the army of God. KJV said like the host of God. Now these were the numbers of the divisions that were equipped for war and came to David at Hebron to turn over the kingdom of Saul to him according to the word of the Lord. Look at verse 38. Thank you. This is the key operational principle among them. I hope those in the transition leadership team, they are listening to me. This is the key operative word. All these men of war who could keep ranks came to Hebron with a loyal heart to make David king over all Israel and all the rest of Israel were one mind to make David king. Why? Nobody could break through their rank. The objective was same. The vision was same. Nobody was trying to attract attention to himself and to outdo others. This one is not good. That one is better. I can get this done. He cannot get that done. I have this. That's the problem you have in many corporations, in many organizations, in many families where the wife and the husband become competitors. I need to say one more thing. Because... They did not break their ranks. Their unity produced strength and prosperity. There was so much. So much. Look at verse 38 to 40 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In unity lies strength, but in unity lies also prosperity. There the Lord commands the blessing. If brethren could dwell together in unity. 1 Chronicles 12, 38 to 40. All these men of war who could keep ranks came to Hebron with a loyal heart to Hebron, with a loyal heart to make David king over all Israel, and all the rest of Israel were one mind to make David king. What followed? And they were there with David three days, eating and drinking, for their brethren had prepared for them. How did they do it? Moreover, those who were near to them, from as far away as Issachar and Zebulon and Naphtali were bringing food on donkeys and camels on mules and oxen, provisions of flour and cakes of figs and cakes of raisins, wine and oil and oxen and sheep abundantly for there was joy in Israel. See, see what unity does? It provides strength and it provides prosperity and it provides joy. Let me pause here and tell you something. All the terrorists in Nigeria, by whatever name they are called, if there are no people supplying them food, they will not be. Do you understand me? They must be buying food from certain places. Or others must be supplying them. So don't fool yourself that you are fighting what you are sustaining. Me, I don't say my own. Somebody or some people are keeping them in Zambisa forest. Yes. <laughs> there are no bakeries inside Zambisa forest. Somebody is supplying bread. 
There's no tool she covered there. Somebody supplying the tool. And the ingredients they will use to cook. Do you understand me? You get my point? Cut off their supply. They will dry up. Number five. The presumption of Miriam. The presumption of Miriam. That she could criticize her younger brother unjustifiably. And get away with it. Brought judgment upon her. She presumed she could do that without any consequences. But much more than that, the whole congregation was delayed in their journey for seven days. Are you listening to me? The judgment of leprosy was on her alone, but the consequence of delay was shared by all. Tell your neighbor, put your eyes together before you delay our journey into destiny. Get your acts together before you delay our journey into destiny. All truth is parallel. Achan was the only man who stole from Jericho. But many paid with their lives. The strongest chain will break at its weakest point. What you are doing and what I'm doing can affect the entire congregation. Don't fool yourself that it doesn't matter. It only means my life. It's no longer your life because we are joined together by covenant. Number six, as I've taught you before, whenever you see presumption in the Bible, it's always followed by what? Death. Consequently, of the three siblings, Miriam was in the middle, like the middle wall of partition. She was the first to die. Numbers 20 verse 1. She was the first to die of the three. She was the ringleader of dissension. I can tell you, I've checked my Bible through and through. I didn't see Miriam's husband or Miriam's children. And she was the first to die. She was a ringleader of dissension. Numbers 20 verse 1. Then the children of Israel, the whole congregation, came into the wilderness of Zin in the first month. And the people stayed in Kadesh. And Miriam died there and was buried there. Did she make it to the promised land? Did God bring them out to waste them in the wilderness? He brought them out. I may take this is our transition. This is why I'm crying at the top of my voice. There will be casualties, but why do you want to be one of them? Why? With all your labor, with all your training, with all everything you have done, now not to get there. Or when the day to your coronation like a king appears something you have done now disqualifies you at this juncture i want us to join the dotted lines when she led the woman in dance and chimera and everything what happened for three days no water where did they get into mara could they drink it no do you know when she left the scene also 
there was no water. <laughs> Rebellion is deadly. Just as it happened in Mara, the whole congregation again gathered against Moses and Aaron for lack of water. While the boat presumably was still mourning their sister. Numbers 20. Let's read from verse 1. Numbers 20 verse 1. Then the children of Israel, the whole congregation, came into the wilderness of Zin in the first month. And the people stayed in Kadesh. And Miriam died there and was buried there. When she was alive and active as a prophetess in ministry, her ministry produced no water. And when they eventually found water, it was bitter, called Mara, just like her name. And now she died, left the scene, see what followed. Now there was no water for the congregation. So they gathered together against Moses and Aaron. And the people contended. What follows dissension is contention. The moment you start it, you are starting a war that can consume you. Are you following me? Okay. They contented with Moses and spoke saying, if only we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. Why have you brought up the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness that we and our animals should die here? And why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It is not a place of grain or figs or vines or pomegranates. Nor is there any water to drink. So Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of meeting. And they fell on their faces and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Take the rod. You and your brother Aaron. Gather the congregation together, speak to the rod before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock. And give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. (laughs) And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Hear now, you rebels. Was that part of the instruction? <laughs> must, bring, must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod. And water came out abundantly, and the congregation and the animals drank. Did Moses follow instruction? No. Did he get result? Yes. You can argue with result. That people are getting results does not mean they have followed instruction. You must check the how. You can argue with result. The people drank. But you know what, what really gripped my heart here? When this contention began, Moses must still be grieving. A sister who did so much and who threw her weight all around just died. Blood is thicker than water. Both of them must still be must still be money, but the people didn't care a hoot. They started contention. If you don't destroy the seed of dissension, it will lead to contention. It will produce division. I wish I can articulate all this for you. And here it is. 
The moment you tamper with a pattern that God had established in the spirit, you disqualify yourself. Unknown to Moses and Aaron, the rock was Christ. And it will only be struck one time. First Corinthians chapter 10. The mobile waterworks, the mobile rock following them was rock. I mean, it was Christ. It was the one, it was their source of water, source of everything. But it will only be struck one time. First Corinthians 10. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud. All passed through the sea. And were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All had the same spiritual food. All drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. So don't allow people to provoke you to change God's pattern. You will disqualify yourself. It's better for you to pull aside and go and cry. Let it be between you and God. And quickly powder your face and come out and be doing what he asks you to do. And take them before the rock and speak to the rock. He struck the rock twice. Oh, Moses, you blew the pattern. This is what negative infrastructure emission can cause a movement. Why was Aaron not judged at the same time with Miriam? Why? The anger of the Lord was aroused against them both, but one was struck and the other was spared. Why? You like to know? I'm giving you one example. I said she was the ringleader. Uh There are two Yoruba sayings, Elvis, that you have to learn compulsorily. And there must be your ego version of them. Okay. One, a faraway she she. Baba, let me interpret to Elvis. A faraway she she. It's needless for you to compare yourself with others. It's needless for you to compare yourself with others. A faraway she she. Number two, Emma Fori Wori Kema Bajia. Emma Fori Wori Kema Bajia. Don't compare yourself with others so that you do not suffer. People who yield to peer pressure to do evil should learn from these things. And say, well, my friend made me do it. Um, it was, I followed my friend. And my friend, Aaron followed his sister. The tail began to wag the dog. I'm jumping so many things. (laughs) Compared to Miriam... Aaron was quick to repent. We can go to Numbers 12, 11 to 13 and see what happened there. Numbers 12, 11 to 13. So Aaron said to Moses, Oh my Lord, please do not lay this sin on us in which we have done foolishly and which we have sinned. Please do not let her be as one dead whose flesh is half consumed when he comes out of his mother's womb. Give me the verse before it. 
Verse 10. Thank you. And when the cloud departed from above the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam became leprous as white as snow. Then Aaron turned toward Miriam, and there she was, a leper. Did she say any word? Did she utter a sentence? Did she say anything? Did she plead? Did she say sorry? These incorrigible people, except God deals with them, they will not be broken. Don't tamper with the process. Because if you tamper with the struggles of the caterpillar in the cocoon, would never become a butterfly. Miriam just stood there. Leprous. White as snow. Aaron saw it. said, please, we have seen. Don't lay to our child. We have seen. Huh? Did Miriam say a word? What did I do to deserve this? But guess what? Aaron's judgment subsequently came. That's why I said don't rush. Aaron's judgment subsequently came. It was perhaps delayed because of the holy garments and the anointing of God upon him. God will not strike him with leprosy with that garment on. With that holy anointing oil upon him. If you doubt me, go and read how Jezebel ended her life. Dogs ate her completely. But when they were eating her, they left the palms, they left the legs, and they left the, the head. Those were the portions that were anointed when she became a queen. God respects the anointing. It does not mean your punishment will not eventually come, but when it will come, that garment will be removed of you. And then judgment will come. Exodus 28, 1 to 4. Exodus 28, 1 to 4 speaks about the holy garments. Now take Aaron, your brother and his sons with him from among the children of Israel, that he may minister to me as a priest. Aaron and Aaron's sons, how many of them? Four. That's the type and shadow of the fivefold ministry. Nadab, Abu, Eleazar, and Ethamah. They will minister as one man to the Lord. And you shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, for glory and for beauty. So you shall speak to all who are gifted artisans, whom are filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister to me as priest. And these are the garments which they shall make, a breastplate, an effort, a robe, a skillfully woven tunic, a turban, and a shirt. So they shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, and his sons, that he Hello? Not that day. That he may minister to me as priest. That's why Peter stood and eleven stood with him. There were not eleven people speaking at the same time. Do you understand me? That he may minister to me. For as long as that garment was on, Aaron had immunity. Because God respects the anointing. But when his judgment will come, God is, God is not partial. His anger was aroused against both of them. See Numbers 20, 
22 to 29. Numbers 20, 22 to 29. Now the children of Israel, the whole congregation journeyed from Kadesh and came to Mount Hor. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in Mount Hor by the border of the land of Edom, saying, Aaron shall be gathered to his people. For he shall not enter the land which I have given to the children of Israel, because you rebelled against my word at the water of Meribah. It was not Aaron who struck the rock. It was Moses, but both of them received the instruction. And when Moses blew it, Aaron did not speak. <laughs> it's called sinful silence. Take Aaron, Eliezer, his son, and bring them up to Mount Hor, and strip Aaron of his garments, and put them on Eliezer, his son. And Aaron shall be gathered to his people and die there. So Moses did just as the Lord commanded, and they went up to Mount Hor in the sight of all the congregation. <laughs> Moses stripped Aaron of his garments and put them on Eliezer, his son. And Aaron died there on the top of the mountain. Then Moses and Eliezer came down from the mountain. The, the immunity was removed. Judgment eventually fell. Brothers and sisters, we cannot progress on this journey to destiny except we drop here and now all the seeds and manifestations of carnality among us. Stand to your feet. Why is this place? Are we in a funeral service? Your sin is finding you out. It's better. It's in your interest. If anybody comes to you to speak about any person, tell the person, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear. Don't bring it to me. Because it's clear that God will judge it. There's no partiality with God. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, everything that is seed of Satan, seed of carnality, envy, strife, unhealthy competitive jealousy take them away from me i do not want to become guilty by association i will not listen to evil gossip i will not partake of it deliver me O lord from such things and help me not to be guilty of sinful silence to speak when i should speak and to hold my tongue when i should hold it i bless you father this day for this word, I pray, will not stand against anyone in judgment. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I ask for mercy for those who have erred and those who have done wrong, that you, O oh Lord, will forgive them and deliver them from self-destruction. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that this word will become part of our consciousness on daily basis to do and to speak only what is right in your sight. In Jesus' mighty name. I want you to say with me, Lord, Lord in, the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I ask for grace, ask for grace to think right, to talk right, to live right, and to do the right thing. To think right, to talk right, to live right, and to do the right thing. Grant me grace to think right, to talk right, to live right, and to do the right thing. That is the meaning of you can win by righteousness. 
Let me think right, talk right, live right, and do the right thing. If those things are not in your life, you cannot win by righteousness. Thanks so much for listening. We have to end it here today, but it's been a real joy to come into your homes to unveil the truth of God's word. I pray that the word of God you have received will sink deeply into your hearts and bring forth tangible fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. In addition, I pray that the truth you've embraced will not only set you free, but it will empower you to impact your environment positively as God's representative in your sphere of influence. Till we meet again on this platform, remain sandwiched between the peace of God and the God of peace. God bless you richly. Bye Bye for for now. now.